0: And, uh, I don't remember how to do this. No, me
1: either. At what point do I take my shirt off? <laughs> Hi there, this is Greg Lagro And
0: this is Jamie Do
1: Of Fully and Completely, I'm- you're listening to... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fully and Completely, the podcast that examines the chronological discography of the Tragically Hip. We're going to look at the music. We're going to talk about the albums of the era. We're going to talk about the year that things came out. We're going to talk about what was going on politically, culturally, to give you an idea of the landscape of the world and music at large when these albums dropped. Let's call it Season 2. It's Season 2. We've been away, but we're back. We're back. One year later. One year later. So much has changed. Yeah, so much has changed. yeah. I write my checks differently. Yeah, yeah. I changed my signature.
0: You did? No, 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 no. Oh. But I
1: quit coffee. Oh, that's a big one. I know.
0: How did you do it?
1: I didn't plan to.
0: <laughs> I've been having a. <laughs> you just accidentally stopped pouring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's been a strange and bumpy ride, but yes. ultimately a really good one because I was a uh, professional coffee drinker. Like what does that even mean? How many cops? Well, we were people were like, we all drink a lot of coffee. People at work were asking me how many how much coffee I drink. Yeah. And uh, and so I described my coffee day and they were like oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> You don't talk about coffee leaders I'll, I'll drink a uh, like a, a full traveler, like a big guy, a Bubba. I will drink that on my drive to work. And then, hold on—the one that has a handle? No, 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 <laughs> okay. no, 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 no. You've no. seen those. It's called—it's called, right? it's, called a, it's just the bubble brand. Oh, um, God. it's like a, it's like a I know the bubble bigger, now, a yeah. little bigger than a Tall Boy. Yeah, a, yeah. you know. Then I'll drink that on my drive to work, and then I get to work, and we'll immediately make a coffee, um, like a just a cup of coffee, like you, know, you see in the movies. You know, like a little little right? Okay, yeah, a yeah, medium yeah. coffee. Yeah. I suppose sure, it yeah, is twelve yeah. ounces, an actual cup, like right. what you call a cup of coffee. I'll drink that. I might have two. If I have time to whip them together. And then when I have my first break, I will uh, probably have one or two more then. Then I won't for a few hours. But then around one or two, something in there, I'll have probably one or two more coffees. And then probably just before leaving work, I'll have one too.
0: Oh, that's
1: a lot. Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I nurse it all day. <laughs> yeah, I just
1: nurse it. I just will plow through it like it just nonstop. It's, I was always a big coffee drinker. First, it was because I was a heavy smoker, and then I quit smoking. Coffee was slowed down a bit, but then came on strong again. <laughs> then I became a parent, and then that's when I went bro. Um, <laughs> and so much coffee, but so anyway, and I loved it. I love coffee. I love black coffee. It's the greatest. And uh, did you
0: ever drink it with?
1: Yes, when I was a, it was strange when I was a smoker, double double, and then uh-huh. when I quit cigarettes, I went immediately to black coffee because <laughs> I needed <laughs> I needed something to be punishing me in some sort of way <laughs> to make up thinking. for the lack of cigarettes. Oh, and, well, I hate myself now. Yeah, and so anyway, loved coffee, drinking way too much, having a great time, uh, rushing and crashing all day long, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And then I did a, a cleanse with my wife and one of the things you, it wasn't too bad, it was a fairly easy cleanse, felt pretty good doing it, And but one of the things was no caffeine and I was like, that's fine, I won't drink coffee for a week. Um, but I've never done that before. Not, I haven't stopped drinking coffee since so I was like, like 16 or something. Or 16. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I've never just
0: stopped. <laughs>
1: that seems nuts.
0: I didn't start till I was 23.
1: Uh, sure. I mean, you know, it, it gradually built my intake, but whatever. I've never tried to not drink coffee and I've gotten caffeine headaches before when I haven't had my coffee <laughs> oh, yet. No. Right. What was so on like? well, the first, the first day <laughs> of no coffee, I'm like, wow, I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I have a headache extremely bad headache.
0: like one of those like lobot area yeah yeah right? like i
1: was like whoa it's everywhere and i can't <laughs> yeah. do it i can't when well, part of the cleanse was no advil um what kind of cleanse is I, this it was it made me feel good eventually um and i'm like okay i got through my headache day that's fine and then day two i didn't know that the headache day one was just like the the preview or Tap on the, the trailer yeah yeah like i'm coming um <laughs> Day two headache settled in, and I was starting to freak out because it was the most intense and overwhelming headache I have ever had in my entire life. It's like my five worst hangovers, and I've had a bunch of them, all showed up at the same time like, let's party, buddy. Let us in. <laughs> and they were all in there. I, I, My headache was so bad that I puked. Oh, my God. It was bananas. And then the next day, I was like, all right again and then by day 3 or 4 then i was clearer again and i was like okay now i'm out of the woods and i was and it was like a it was like a psychedelic freak out like i felt like i had like an uh, like an emotional uh, uh bookmark of my life there like it, i felt really weird afterwards like i went through something i felt like you know you and mcgregor and train spotting jesus babies like- on the ceiling and everything and uh, oh. and so then i got out of the cleanse and i'm like i didn't realize how Insanely addicted to coffee, I was. I know caffeine's a drug. We're oh, yeah, yeah, caffeine's a drug, whatever. But like, caffeine's a drug, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was out, and I'm like, okay. So I know I drink too much coffee, and someday someone's going to tell me to stop. But I'm out now, so maybe I should just stay out. And so I've stayed out, and I'm shocked at how good I feel. <laughs> I still get have some caffeine in my life. I'll drink a chai tea, which I think is lovely. It's a very delicious tea. Um, but I don't rush and crash anymore i don't have these peaks and valleys in my day i just kind of wake up and i'm fine (laughs) and then i go about my day and i don't have some point where i'm like oh god
2: (laughs) (laughs) i need coffee (laughs) Two dollars 25
1: (laughs) will fix this (laughs) like a crazy junkie and uh, yeah so i'm out i didn't plan to quit coffee but i quit coffee and i feel good about it well congratulations that's epic yeah man i know i haven't yeah we haven't done this in a while i just wanted to talk with you holy jesus holy smokes well we're back uh fully yeah. back and completely season two we're calling it season two we took a longer than an expected break but hey man things are happening
0: and it's been you know what it has uh we launched on the may long last year yeah and here we are back Coming may back long yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is a summertime band
1: that's right they
0: are right <laughs> so damn right they know it go to your so cottage already
1: yeah yeah well holy smokes uh 2006 is where we are. Well, tell me about 2006. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you a little bit about 2006. Okay. uh The World Very Container years. Year. Um, there's – right, so some stuff is super interesting. Some of it isn't. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll th- be the judge of that. Oh, fair enough. All right. Well, I'll throw some stuff at you. The uh, the 2000 – some sports first. The 2006 Stanley Cup Finals, uh, Carolina Hurricanes over the Edmonton Oilers in seven games. Uh, that was a heartbreaker. Sure. I'm an Oilers fan, and uh, yeah.
0: man, when their goalie went down. Yeah. In like game one, yeah, and they were playing their backup and their backup, backup. Like, oh, Jesus,
1: yeah. I mean, to start just a seven losing your guy in game one is it's impressive to Carolina, to Carolina. Oh, the hurricanes, people in Carolina are like, What's the Stanley Cup? <laughs> that's yeah, right. Congratulations, they had to the parade in the
0: parking lot of the uh, of the stadium, apparently. <laughs> Did from they? What I recall. Oh, yeah. my God. I remember just being
1: quite upset by this brutal, yeah, that's always a bummer. Um. Uh, bits of note from this: uh, We just have our. Uh, where is my? What is that? What we looking for? MVP is uh, Cam Ward. Cam Ward, the goalie for, for uh, at the Carolina. Canes, yeah. And the series-winning goal was uh, Caprile. Really? Yeah. The, the former Leafs. Yeah, I awesome. guess so. So there you go. And that's it. That's a heartbreaking Canadian loss in the. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was, that was I
1: think that's the last time a Canadian team made it. Yeah, and uh, so our Grey Cup finals and uh, all right. Yeah, we got a good chance at this I, one, uh, the Canadian team. I know, I know. I, I I was amazed at how much I've been able to talk about the the Grey Cups as the <laughs> years got deeper. <laughs> 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 but so 2006, a uh, couple of the teams with winning records. I'm always a fan of that. That's, that's always good. really nice to you know, have you've the set up. Uh, 13 and five uh, BC Lions and the 10 and eight. Montreal Alouettes, BC Lions win twenty five fourteen. Chalk, they yeah, say. Most valuable player, player Dave D- Dickinson. The most valuable Canadian, Paul McCallum. I don't understand. No, I don't either. This we keep saying it, and I kind of well, said a, like if, I know, but I don't. I'm sure it's a union. Is thing. it just like? Is it?
0: I'm sure. Like because like, they have to have x number of Canadian players,
1: right? So oh, where x equals mm, the number of Canadian yeah, players? Yeah, of course, yeah. It's the Canadian content of football. Yeah um 33.3 yeah. uh so and our halftime show okay still giving it some effort in 2006 we're really trying to draw the kids in and make it a good time obviously the hip <laughs> played, they played that they really like we're swinging hard on some halftime shows here so this and this is remember this is 2006 so it doesn't sound if it was now it'd be like ugh. anyway 2006 nelly Furtado. oh yeah. fe- featuring socrates
0: oh wow yeah
1: so we're opening up into a different kind of genre. That's I, right. I, I can't think of a any uh, sporting event, maybe even to di- to date, that has a uh, somebody from hip hop in their uh, halftime show. Very Super Bowl-y.
0: Like I mean, I can't not, think of a lot of hip hop
1: Super Bowl action that's happened. I mean, we just had Big Boy at. I, I guess the feature, the feature. He's not the feature. The featuring, but yeah. Thing. But so I'll give that yeah. So Super Bowl, the Super Bowl just caught up. Just caught up with the Great Cup. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's about time, ding dongs. Um, But that's about it. Uh, The only thing that's interesting, uh, trivia about this, is the fifth time the BC Lions won the Great Cup and they broke it (laughs) 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 on the field. They got it and broke it immediately. Uh, (laughs) And and that's
0: why that's a tradition tradition now.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. Destroy that thing (laughs) fast as you can. It's the only way. Um, And that's about it That's all I really have the to Stanley say The Stanley Cup, like, you hoist it to the air The Grey yeah, Cup, yeah. You and <laughs> smash it, it to the earth <laughs> <laughs> um, So we in many times past have talked about uh, The landscape of music yes. When these albums are coming out What's going on And as we ended the 90s Music starts to kind of go in a bunch of different directions There isn't a dominant scene really anymore there's, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it was. If it was everything getting blown open with, the, with grunge and the alternative movement in the 90s where anything kind of had its shot at the radio. So maybe people's tastes started to broaden because yep. you started hearing, hearing weirder stuff. Well, you and think of
0: that Nelly Furtado record. No.
1: Like, Is that the like, one with uh, She's a... What, what, I'm Like a Bird? I'm Like a Bird, She's a Bird? Yeah. I wasn't and, a
0: fan. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up getting the record. I ended yeah. up uh, in a music songwriting contest. And placed, and as a result, was recorded. And the guitarist from her band was the producer really? of the record. <laughs> yeah, oh. so somewhere out there, there is a song that he produced. That uh, yeah, that was that was me. And That's um, wild, pretty pretty weird. So I remember picking up that record and thinking it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. So very very what you're saying musically. Like it wasn't, you wouldn't just say this is a pop record.
1: No, she doesn't have a, a a nailed down genre. That's right. That for sure. And
0: that's, and that's, that record was successful because of this time. I think maybe
1: this is the, you know, uh, the Napster thing has begun uh well has already taken shape it's that's right ended
0: they've monetized they've, we, they've it, begun to we, monetize. yeah we, we, Napster,
1: we really start stealing music at this point like they haven't figured out streaming yet we're not there basically what's happening is albums are leaking you can pull them off of 2006 so i guess we're looking at what a lot of limewire and kazaa at this point oh, <laughs> guess. Oh, yeah yeah <laughs> that, everyone's stealing music yeah and uh, I just want to point out at this time period when we all started stealing music no one would pay for music anymore, this is why concert tickets are $200. That's yeah. cause and effect, my friends. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a weird time. Um, the, some big, okay, I'm going to talk about uh, big sellers, but mostly critically acclaimed albums. Yes. 2006, get an idea um probably my favorite album of 2006 uh from this thing i'm looking at here is going to be return to cookie mountain by tv on the radio great record. great great album um bob dylan has his big uh return to, to to favor with critics and audiences with modern times it's a terrific album uh, mastodon blows fully up with blood mountain uh muse has a huge album um i was never into them so i didn't
0: i wasn't um, either but i guess i guess at that time people thought they were going to be yeah you know
1: yeah yeah just uh the decemberists keep trucking along i wasn't big in that either um stadium arcadium red hot chili peppers was a juggernaut uh, it sold like crazy and that's officially when they started to sound like a mall um the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs had a big album. The Killers had their follow-up album. It didn't do as well. Um, one of the biggest selling albums of that year is definitely going to be uh, Justin Timberlake, Future Sex, Love Sexy. That's right. He's that bringing was... sexy back. Yeah. Right? That one? Is <laughs> yeah, that, that one? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, big album. Uh, Really, really big. But as you're starting to, if you're thinking about these and what I'm saying to you, this is all... Over the Place. Tool, 10,000 Days. It's a very big album. There's a Yola A Tangle album does really well. Beck, The Information. Flaming Lips, or the Mystics, does extremely well. So, Beyonce, uh, B-Day. And when you're saying extremely well,
0: you're talking, at this point, you're talking 100,000 records. Yeah. You're, not talking, I mean, it's you're not, not talking. It's not the same. It. No.
1: This is when everyone's starting to freak out. Like, yeah. We are losing money. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to afford another Ferrari uh game theory by the roots what a great album drums not dead by liars that's a really weird album <laughs> i don't know it oh that's great the liars are uh or just liars no no the uh, liars are fantastic i don't believe super it. bizarre arctic monkeys i guess is the biggest rock thing of 2006 this is coming off of them exploding on myspace Every band was like, "I'm gonna nope, just one. <laughs> 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 Only Arctic Monkeys and we're done. Uh, My Chemical Romance and all that stuff was going on. Black <clears throat> Parade I, I was think their album. Them there's a weird, like, yeah. There's a weird chunk of them and like they used and a bunch of other. Yeah, it was sort of like the like the Hangover to the the Corn and limp Biscuit era. That's right. It's another era of music. to people were like, no, oh, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't partake in. Them. <laughs> well, somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody did. bought all those albums and got bad tattoos." Um, so yeah, we are, we have, oh, and Gnarls Barkley at, with the, the song of the summer in 2006. Crazy. Oh God. Huge. What sheer earworm that was. What a good tune. That, yeah. That's a really well yeah. put together little jam there. That was definitely the song of the summer. So now with that, oh, and Sonic Youth, I got I would be remiss to mention Sonic Youth, uh, rather ripped in 2006. They're in their early fifties when they the made this record? album. No um but uh it's as good as anything their 2006 album was because they're a wonderful band that never had to match another hit right that's right they yeah. just progress naturally and just do whatever and that's they right. just destroyed like this amazing rock album <laughs> they they really tightened up the sound and they kind of went for like a bunch of five, five four or five minute rock songs And it really worked out for them. It's a great album. I highly recommend it. So we're all over the place. We have indie rock, we have metal, we have outsider shit, we have a bunch of pop, we have like, and everything is has its fair share of the spotlight. Nothing is the scene anymore. I mean, the closest thing that's a scene at this time is that My Chemical Romance, the used stuff, Panic at the Disco. But I mean, no one was buying it really.
0: You're right. This is a really unusual time. Because it's super weird. MTV, like who who is telling is the people M- the music M- is cool? MTV
1: is gone. MTV's done with videos. It's like, over.
0: Apple hasn't hasn't perfected iTunes yet. No, man. I, I, this like is a, the Wild West. This is it's
1: Pretty yeah, Wild there's West. No rules. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's all over the place. This was my, my furthering, like giant, my giant rush into the backwards, where I was like digging out deeper, deeper into the 60s and 70s, trying to find shit more into the 80s. Like, what did I miss? This is a a great time to educate yourself because a lot of this stuff wasn't my thing. Like, there's, I, I definitely liked some of these albums, but I have an entire year and I'm, I'm want, but it's at not least like to, an album a month, right? You don't
0: have to circle back and go, right. "Whoa, what did I miss in no, 2016?" No, not you know, you can no, put together
1: a, a good playlist. Yeah, sure, or, or two, but- definitely. Um, but yeah, I really continue just like diving further into into older stuff. So the landscape's open, but definitely what is cooking in all of this uh, with the Arctic Monkeys and this sort of like do-it-yourself approach, and we're battling the internet. This is where the indie pop thing. Is really born and is gonna be the only, the last time, and maybe the last time ever we're gonna have a true scene that you can name um, for rock music is probably the indie pop thing that blew up. And, and Canada has a, a finger in that because of Broken Social Scene. That's a key album. Absolutely. Forgotten People is a key, key, key album from this era. Uh, Return to Cookie Mountain is super big for that, but that that sort of vibe of the Arctic Monkeys and a bunch of stuff like that really pushing into this area, and so a band like them could easily just fade away, or again, start repeating up to here.
0: Well, if you think <laughs> if you think what they did the year before this, mm-hmm. the year before this record came out, I might be wrong with the years, but I don't think so. Two thousand five was Hippopotamus, mm-hmm. which is the the, the they're like box set. Yeah. The closest thing to a box set they ever did. Yeah. Which is a collection of, you know, everything up until that point, which, you know, they all doing feels so-
1: like the we're tired. We're of trying. trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: They're or all whatever. doing solo records at this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. They're all doing their own stuff. They come out with this box set, and then it's like all of a sudden you get this news that they're going into the studio with Bob Rock. Bob Rock. Let's talk about Bob Rock. Uh, for
1: sure. Pretty big name. Most people might know the name and uh, what he's attached to, but uh, the- weird. I mean, the oh, two yeah. the two biggest things I think of immediately when I think of his name and when I started to learn it was first he did Dr. Feel Feelgood yep. with Motley Crue, mm-hmm. um, and then that led to him doing the Black Album That's with right. Metallica, which also led to, like I don't know if people remember how much... M- uh, hardcore Metallica fans hated that album. That's right. That was not okay. <laughs> yeah, they they really because he made them play it slow. Let's and it was aimed at the radio. And I like it more now than I did then. But mostly that's because everything that came after it was so bad for Metallica. <laughs> like, so bad.
0: He's got this. He's got this track record. He did the same thing. And I won't put this band in the same category as Motley Crue or Metallica. But I'm pretty sure he did the third cult record, which is Sonic Temple, mm. which oh, after yeah. their first two records, Love and Electric, mm-hmm. you know, it's- they're, they're <laughs> sort of they're sort of really great records, and then Sonic Temple comes out, and it's it's like those records, but yeah. it's just polished. It's, yeah, it's it's very different, and yeah. Doctor Feelgood is very different. Yeah. And the black album is very different. Yeah. What is this guy up? I to? think that it's you, you were talking about Bob Rock being this radio guy. And right. I think that um, you know, he's he's just got he's 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 so bent on that and good at that. If you if you look at the track listing for this record, I think there's like one song over three minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah, everything is in that sweet radio spot of like yeah. three twenty yeah. to three forty five. Yeah. You know, like give or take. I don't know yeah, whether it's it says- his- creates this
1: tight little package. Yes. On it and it works, and it sells like crazy. The Black Album was the, the number one selling album of the 90s, and the 90s was a boom of album sales. I did not know that. Yeah, it's the best selling album of the 90s. Wow. In, in yeah. America? Worldwide.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Like, wow. Isn't that bonkers? Well, not I mean, you remember how big it was. Though? Yeah, I do, yeah. And it was hit after, I mean, it was after Sandman just started the thing off, because yeah. then you get Sad But True, and Wherever I May Roam, and then Unforgiven was gigantic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, th- I mean, there was like six big songs, at yeah. least off of that.
0: Oh, they toured the world, yeah. yeah.
1: It was uh, a monster, it was a monster, and it changed the band forever. And no, they were never going back, we weren't going to get the sweet days again, you know. Those yep. first four records oh man, are they great <laughs> anyway? So, uh, yeah, they hook up with him, they hook the hip hook up with Bob Rock, which was like, yeah, and the results are, I yeah. like oh. how it's produced, it works for these riffs for his vocal approach because he comes at this album hard.
0: He is a he is a. He is a fully formed singer. Yeah, he is a—he's not just this, you know, vocalist with this weird tremolo sort of thing going on. He—he yeah. sings the fuck. Yeah,
1: of these people. are good, solid yeah. vocal runs. There's some huge hooks, and he is swinging at these songs.
0: I'm not as big a <laughs> fan of the production, and and just to just to clarify what we mean when we say that there's there's a drum sound that you get. Um, mm-hmm you'll hear people talk about gated drums and um that's just basically the the drums are put through you know an effects processor and they sound a a certain way and if you wonder what that way is this is a good record this is a good record to listen to but phil collins early 80s stuff um not not too early i guess like 84 85 86 yeah and it really became a a mainstay in in drums you might think you're listening to somebody playing drums on those you know pad things or whatever but
1: but oftentimes yeah, they weren't it's, just it's regular really, drums. It's a really clean, yep, big sound. And it's it's like the opposite. It's it's a big sound, but it's the opposite of the wall of sound, right? Yeah. Phil Spector's stuff sounds like that band is falling down a mountain. Right, like it's <laughs> yeah. it's 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 controlled chaos, and it's so great. That's what makes it so good. This is hermetically sealed, better than anything and anything else ever really is. Yeah, as production goes, this is big in like a really shiny way.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, agreed. I I, <clears throat> I feel like the studios, you know, when you see people designing computer chips and they stick their hands in those holes, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that's what the studio, you know, with gloves on, that's what the studio for Bob Rock must be like. You strap on the <clears throat> guitar that way and. Everything's got to be very clean and very, and very nice. And there's, you know, Mm -hmm. vocal doubling and there's Gord, uh, Paul talks about it in his interview with us. Um, Gord singing his own background vocals. You know, you hear that on this record. Interesting, funny side note. Mm -hmm. Credited, uh, credited on this record with background vocal Mm -hmm. are Lucy, Mandy and Sally Rock. What? With background vocals. G- what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. it's, it's I, I don't have it in, uh-uh. in the notes. that yeah, okay. I just wrote it down from yeah, yeah. all music. Um, well,
1: that's weird.
0: That's sort of weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, no Paul Langlois, like, yeah, yeah. you know, at all, but but his kids and wife, or uh, or his three kids or whatever. Okay. I mean, what? Um, so, my understanding is that, that Gord actually um got the ball rolling on this record, that he went and met Bob Rock mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And he played him a little bit of "Fly," hmm. and Bob Rock was just like, um, "Fly was written to be a Gord song, right? Like a for a solo work." Mm-hmm. And I might be misquoting this, but this is from the Barclay book. Um, but but essentially, uh, Bob Rock was like, "This is a hip song. This is this is a fucking dynamite song, and it's mm-hmm. a hip song." And if you've got more like this, I want to be on board. Wow. So, you know, there's Bob Rock, and he, he's he got it all figured out. But there's me. Like, I, I missed the boat completely because I'm alienated from this band at this point just because of I haven't even listened to it.
1: You know? I heard it because I worked in a bar. Yeah, I guess so. And I heard sure. it, and I was like,
0: this is the... F- what? <laughs> they played it on Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. And that kind of stuff alienated me from the band at this point. Yeah. This, is, this is, to me... This and In Between Evolution were were the era of this band that they were like co-opted by the sports mm-hmm. division of the mm-hmm. CBC. And, you know, voiced it on us like this is this is Canadiana, this is Canadiana, this is Canadiana. And it was like it wasn't subtle anymore. It wasn't and it wasn't the band
1: doing it. No, no, no. But this is this is a huge topic. Yeah. For this. Because it was forcing it down people's throats in it kind felt of like an a, uncomfortable way. Like, yeah, yeah, we
0: get it, man. It felt different to me. And I didn't have that. Like, I, I was like you. I didn't have that urge. This might have been the second record that I didn't buy, yeah. you know, the day that it came out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't buy Day Up. Uh. But then what? And then the first single's In View, which I wasn't really prepared for at all. I didn't sound like what I thought a Bob Rock hip album was going to sound like. It didn't sound like a single I was expecting from the hip. And I was astounded at how in the now it felt. It, it just was ready for 2006. Was there like, was what a, in the f- I'm going to try and swear less this season. Okay. Could you swear more though? Yeah, fuck Great. yeah. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> um yeah, blew me away.
0: But you got to it was so um
1: fans were like this like is me. a more divisive album than I yes. was anticipating.
0: I yeah I think so. When I look at my notes, I I have four things overall. Yeah, very produced. It is hooky as fuck. Yes, a lot of earworms. Mm-hmm. And where is Paul? Yeah, we'll get into that as we get into different songs. Yeah. But like where where where, are is the that, where is that glorious is that background vocal? vocal?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we talked about this briefly just before starting recording. There is so much metaphor and illusion on this album that I cannot wrap my head around no i'm trying we've had this off time and i keep looking at these lyrics i'm like what are you talking about (laughs) he's he's
0: certainly at his god we say this almost every record but he's at his he's he's peak form yeah this one is dense and it's it's a
1: beautiful read the lyrics are a beautiful read of myself but and a lot of it is like i'm not sure what that means um but it's almost like because the band is less um
0: universally acclaimed at this point, there is less dialogue out there on the songs.
1: Yeah. well this is the thing. there are you you would go to scan the forums or something like that to try and, to glean more of what he's talking about maybe get some inspiration, but there isn't as much. there's that's, not as much. yeah, people aren't talking about that's it that's right as much. it's a a, a bummer, <laughs> man. Um, um do you want to get into the tracks? Let's do it. Yeah, okay. let's go. You're not the ocean. Bit. This is a huge riff, and this song comes in looking for a fight. It feels like <laughs> this one for me is just such a, a huge song about confronting fear. When I listen to this song, I picture somebody standing in the in a, you know, screaming at the water. Yeah, you I, know, yeah. and you can attribute that to any kind of struggle in your life. You know, if it's whatever, whatever it is, if it's something at work, you know, want that raise, or you just got to confront somebody like they're not the ocean. You know, because I picture it too. I picture somebody.
0: In some uh, Daisy Dukes and uh, in a no shirt, standing in the water, and you're just uh, describing
1: what I'm wearing. So <laughs> <can> you, uh-
0: <laughs> Damn, <laughs> should've been more. Um, and uh, yeah, it, the the one thing when you're standing in the water is you see a reflection of yourself. Oh yeah, and so you know as you're as you're hurling insults at this you know body of water, you're, mm-hmm. you're in, invariably. Mm-hmm. You know, commenting on your own self—you're
1: confronting yourself, yeah—and your own. So, no oh boy, isn't that something? Right. Yeah. Um, now, it's an—it has a lot of nautical references too. Now, there's one line here that I've read a, a bunch of different possibilities for. In the first, uh, in the first verse here, uh, I'm better to watch Brittany Invisible or The Stranger in Myself.
0: Right. That's a book or something, I think. Right.
1: The Stranger to Myself is the name of the book. Uh, the Inhumanity of War, Russia, 1941 to 1944. Um, it was written by Willie Peter Rees. Uh, and he was uh, 20 years old when he found himself marching through Russia with orders of taking prisoners. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and three years later, he was dead. This is his memoirs, basically. So oh, uh, is. is a young man really struggling with the nightmare of war. Good God. Anyway, uh, I only know that a little bit from Gord being a fan of that book and then this line. Anyway, so, <clears throat> Brittany Invisible, a lot of people are talking about it possibly being a reference to Britney Spears, particularly in 2006. She's still very big, um, but, um, can also, uh, refer to, uh, a, a nautical, uh, like a British ship, um, uh. There's a, there's a terminology I should have written, written this stuff down But anyway <laughs> it, it, It's a it's a, 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 a Britannic Nautical term, Brittany. So I think he might be talking about that More so than Britney Spears And I think he's talking about <laughs> World War II and British ships But I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> And there's a lot of uh, A lot of static uh, There's a lot of um, There's a lot of buzzy energy On this album
0: the lonely end of the rink
1: yeah I feel like this is a story song. Yeah. Uh, Gord was a goalie. Yeah. Uh, when he, when he played as a young man, um, that was his position of choice or a uh, highest skill level, perhaps. I don't know. It's, and, uh, and obviously you stay with the net and which when the rest of the team and the action is in the side of the ice, you are on the lowly end of the rink. And it's the story is uh, someone at this point, at lowly end of the rink and watching someone in the stands. I mean, I just, I see a son with his father, maybe being a little more critical than necessary, but the whole thing the ride home, falling asleep on yeah. the way. And
0: uh, it's a lot a, of hockey terminology <clears throat> in this song as well. A ton like of it. and
1: yeah, 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 you won't be, you won't be fooled by a uh, suite of Sadiq's. Um And again, as me, I'm not being a big hockey guy. Uh, th- this still resonates with me as something of a universal experience. Because it doesn't have to be just hockey. No. If you did play hockey, though, then holy shit, this really hits it. But, I'm, uh, I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the relationship of father to son to trying to achieve to understand sport to get that approval and to play a, an unusual position, the, the uncommon position too, to make it feel even a little bit more isolated. Yeah. And, you know.
0: I, and I was, I was taking the approach like taking the sports right out of it mm-hmm. and thinking. For anyone, like think of Grant Fuhr. Uh, you know, for those of you who are mm-hmm. listening, that's an old reference, but a really super successful team. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to be on the low end of the rink, right? Yeah. So in life, you know, when there are things that are successes, there there are always um, concentric circles of you know, like working outward from that from that great feeling, from that awesome awesome ickity. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, just imagine being that, that person who's part of something that's really big and really elaborate and really electric and really fantastic. But for some reason, you're still not getting to experience mm-hmm. the joy that you wish you could.
1: Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, And that's, again, the angsty energy mm-hmm. going on in this album. Because it's... These are sort of happy me- memories, but they're, you know, with a twist. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, this sort of experience is like a good one, and one you should have, but it's hard. Yep. Um, and the song is unpredictable. It is. It winds in a way that I wouldn't expect from a hockey song, if no. I we're going to call it that. Because it gets into it gets into straight up, like, dance rock, like, almost into Franz Ferdinand territory on those bridges, right? Yeah. <clears throat> or pre-choruses, rather. Yeah. Um, like that's that hi hat disco drum beat, disco rock beat. You know, that's like almost the like a, a fast version of the Billie Jean beat. Would have been
0: very, would have been very difficult for Johnny Faye, who is very uh, technical. You he know, gets out of his hardcore. box on this album quite a bit, he, he, more than is,
1: once, certainly <clears throat> more than on any other album. And uh, yeah, like and that beat that was everywhere in two thousand and six, and especially a couple of years after. That was a very hot thing to throw into a rock song was that dance disco beat not the acdc disco beat but <laughs> the the hi-hat slide right. one right yeah and uh, yeah you just thought about it and realized that acdc has a disco beat right every yeah. song has yeah. the exact same beat <laughs> yeah sync it up with uh uh Stand alive it's the same thing anyway <clears throat> that's acdc though that's for another podcast uh <laughs> i love the lonely end of the rink I think it's a great song. I like that it's unpredictable. I like that it's weird. I like that it doesn't sound anything at all like the hip have sounded up to this point. Nope. It's a really out there tune. But when listening to this for the first time, I was like, what? Are, what's going on here? Yeah, this what is. What's going on? These guys are swinging hard at something. And it was like, uh, I talk about this a lot. This effort that's put forth album after album to evolve and change and to like trying so hard to write a good Song, for, yeah, for you, for us, and for themselves. But it's and maybe that's what it is—like really challenging yourself to prove it to yourself that you can still do it, and to have hooks this good and and line the guitar riffs that are this inspired. Still, yeah, I I really went into this record <clears throat> wanting
0: wanting it to deliver my expectation, which was low. Mm-hmm. Like I almost had a weird, is that shot in You know, like sort yeah. of like I I almost wanted it to fail. Yeah, and I listened to the shit out of this. It's this a great this record. Is, this
1: is a really, it's a really good, really record. good record. <clears throat> um, and, and I know we say that all the time. I know, but listen, a lot of this is rediscovery, the reevaluation, time. or new discovery. Yeah, this
0: so, is a this is the baby. This is the baby. I got to run down here, so I just want to. Um this is the baby of Phantom Power and Fully Completely. Oh yeah. Oh you know? sure. Totally. Like it's got those hooks, <laughs> it's got that rock, but it's but it's got that neat tidy ness yeah. of fully yeah. fully completely.
1: It's a very tidy album.
0: Yeah. Um back to in view. And there you go. Here we go. Track three, in view.
1: tired of it. I love it every time it starts. I'm ready to go. Uh, it's got a little bit of that ACDC dc drum beat going on itself, but hey, it's a good beat. That's why they use it. The I per- mean,
0: the protagonist in this song mm-hmm. is so spectacular. Um, uh, we have to read his. We have to read the lyric here. Um, mm-hmm. I love you, very declarative. Yeah, I love you. Mm-hmm. And then the next line is, you know, I do yeah, it's perfect. Well, it isn't. Mm-hmm. And it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've been meaning to call you. I've been meaning to call you Then I do. And then he repeats that. And then the phone ring once, the phone rings twice, the phone rings three times. And I just wonder if that's the person who's making that declarative statement at the beginning,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: or the person on the other end, is not picking up. Sure, and there's part of me that feels like it's this person who is like reluctant. It's like, yeah, I love you. I totally love you. Well, I sort of love you. You know, mm. you know how it is. Yeah. It's I'm going to call you. Maybe I'll call you. I'll let it ring three times and I hang up.
1: You sure. know, like yeah, yeah. I, what the fuck? I don't. Well, this some of the that uh, I mean the, when I first listened to this song, all I heard was the the joy in it. Because it's such a it feels that's so that's why i think it's good. so
0: it's so incongruent yeah, yeah, yeah. like i know it, but so i i, I
1: missed the, the the i missed the uh uh well it is it is it isn't and, and it is i missed that line or i didn't take it in because i just hear this beautiful thing like you know how uh, the the declaration of i love you is <laughs> yes, so strong
2: yes yeah.
1: <clears throat> and so i was just like oh man this is such a sweet song like it's like a like a banger love ballad you know it and, is and i think that's yeah. awesome and I like that. See, so something like, uh, you know, I do. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, it isn't, and it is. I mean, that could be said for long-term relationships sure. too, right? Where yeah. like, well, it isn't always perfect because sometimes I'm a dummy, and I know That's it right. isn't perfect right now, or whatever <laughs> thing is no good, right, for a moment. But it still is. Even the, even the bad stuff is perfect. Right, the yeah. imperfect is, remains perfect in a in a good long relationship, and that's great. And I kind of picture somebody on the road, like I've been meaning to call you, I'm on the road, or I'm
0: one hundred percent, whatever, yeah. and
1: I do, and it rings three times, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, it's definitely a road, yeah, it's definitely a road song. And then you get something like I, I now this is something that made me think of the the other thing I thought of much later in my life with this is. I love you, you know I do, it's perfect, it isn't, but it is, uh, I've been meaning to call you, I do, uh, I am of you, you are in everything I do. So that makes me feel like a parent you don't have a great relationship with, and you don't call as often as you should. Right? Oh my god. Uh yeah. Uh, I am of you. You're in everything I do. I trust you, and that makes you true. I don't care if it isn't the way it is. Oh, so, wow. Uh, I've been meaning to call you, meaning to call you, and then I do. Anyone who's had like a difficult relationship with their parents or even a mildly difficult one has had these parents, periods where it can be difficult to pick up the phone and call them or to answer it when it's ringing. Things change, but never in your eyes. Yeah. Oh wow. Right? <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> oh man.
1: Yeah, call your mom, everybody. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's a smack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh you are always in view. Um
0: I think we let that set.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: You've really yeah, that's uh that's good. Good work, Greg.
1: <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> All right, we'll see you in season three. Yeah, okay. Fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, even With uh, fly, yeah. <clears throat> so Did fly,
0: this, what a melody this song has!
1: Uh, oh, I, I love this song so much. I love this is a like I like this song It's one of my high points on this album. Although it's my least favorite chorus of the album. Okay, <sighs> because the verses are so good, they knock me out yeah how good they are yeah they have this swagger and playfulness like man it's so good and i like what where the chorus lifts to but i feel like there's something i listen i've come around to it i didn't like it when i first heard it i now i do because i've heard it so many times and yeah. it's part of my thing with the song and i grew with it and that's fine but there was just something about it doesn't
0: pay i mean just the, this, I don't the fly how
1: you- i was kind of like lazy yeah it doesn't it certainly doesn't pay off no and he's such a good lyricist that that feels like a, a light metaphor yeah like when you're when if it's somebody else i wouldn't care but because he's so good and this album is lyrically very strong yeah and and really intricate where he's trying to do things lyrically on this album that people don't do lyrics appearing in multiple songs In different shades of light. Very Like, that's a crazy thing to do, almost, you know? But he makes it work so well. And so much planning and thought goes into that to work these words around and make it interesting. So, fla-ha-ha-ha-ha-hi, I was like, I could have had more.
0: (laughs) I wonder, though, if, like, sonically, like, if, and I don't want to, you know, lift him up and put the band down, but I just wonder if they didn't – mind you, this was a Gord song – yeah. I just wonder if sonically they just like how do you pay off that melody? How do you yeah. pay off that? I don't know. That's it's extremely such a hard. Big I, I'm
1: Literally nitpicking.
0: No, that's a good nitpick. I'm just nit- being honest.
1: Nit- it's my least favorite chorus yeah. on the album, even though that's I fair. still think it's very good. Because there's things on here, like I mean, I don't know if there's a better uh, ten seconds on this album than the way he handles. There's mistaken point Newfoundland. There's moonbeam Ontario. These are places I've never been and always wanted to go because I love for the rest of my life the way he says Ontario. Oh yeah. Yeah. Moonbeam Ontario. Come on. Now have you so is that new to you?
0: No, it isn't. So you you remember that as a kid.
1: Absolutely. It's okay. what's, what's so good. It's so it was,
0: great. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, man. Like so And if even if I'd never heard it, it would be the coolest thing to hear in a song. If you
0: don't know, there was a I don't know what it was, a place to stand, a place to grow, Ontario.
1: Yeah.
0: And that was, like, when we were kids, yeah, like, yeah, on yeah. something. Yeah. Was it
1: it was, like, a, was a, a heritage moment kind of thing? Yeah, like a, something like that. Enjoy yeah. where you live. Yeah, commercial. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. it's part of... When I moved to Canada, that was on TV a lot. Yes. So it's just, like, part of my understanding of like again the, the it's actually a- hip were the way there the were the lens through which i saw canada and i learned canada growing up for my first 10 years of my life in the states and feeling outside of this place when i first got here i liked it don't get me wrong but i just felt outside of it because i didn't know what hockey was it <laughs> was really and anyway so having that when like under a throwback to my youth and a thing that i understood so fully that he did but it sounds so fucking cool in a song
0: oh god this song is this song drips with cool yeah man it's mysterious uh every time i listen to the song i do finger guns i do um <laughs> every time he says that's right or yeah right right like i where, where it begins it's just like that's right like i, I find myself
1: yeah in, oh it's wanting to be ooh, him it's on stage just, it is happening and when we get to the uh like it's not exactly a bridge. It's almost like a end chorus, a reversion of the chorus with the fly, turn your back, get your face into yeah. the sky. Like that lands hard. I love yeah. that. I'd almost prefer that had been the chorus. But, oh yeah. But you need that up. It's a little dark at the end there. Um But what a uh, what a wonderful song. My god, what a melody. What a mel what moxie. Promote that man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, when this record came out, seeing the liner notes and thinking the next song "Love Sick" yeah was so clever, like just oh, the title, sure. like, It's very right? very clever. Um, because it's spelled L U V and then parenthetical S I C, which is uh, S I C means in I don't know if it's journalism or whatever that I guess you, so that you are spelling it the way you know that it's an error. Yeah, you know you know that it's an but error, it's so. how people speak i guess that's right Right, so it's um love sick yeah and it's oh man yes look at that isn't that cool and then it's (laughs) concise and then you get right into it yeah Now the song itself, I don't, I don't love this song, um, but when we talk about songs that are of the time, mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, this driving bassline in this song, yeah, reminds me of the editors or Interpol or um, bands that were releasing records around that time. They're they're like the beginning. Before his vocal comes in, and even his vocal melody that he chooses is really—it feels like that to me. Certain songs, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you're if you're vibing me there. No, or... totally. And, well, and and I think that's a Bob Rock thing. Yeah, I feel I, like that's a Bob Rock
1: thing. I think you're right. And this song, yeah, this was a grower for me. Yeah. Um, most of the lyrics are really good. Yeah. Again, the lyrics are really good on this. Like I love the, it's this first, um, the first verse. I think is just terrific. Um, there are words I carry in my heart. Words I carry in my heart, clung to, glad of, uncommonly held, peculiarly held, peculiarly interlaced, remembered and felt. Yeah, those are the words right. he carries in his heart, and they're phrases, and it's they're. There's a lot to think about that. Like, what, 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 like, what, what, when you think of uncommonly held, like, what, what does that stir in you, you know? Especially when you hear it, somebody sing it that way. Someone who. Well, he's singing it
0: like Ian Curtis or something you know, almost as yeah. well. Like, it's, it's really. I know that's not contemporary, but no. But when I think of, you know, the examples that I gave for contemporary bands, that's what I feel like they were trying to do, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, yeah, there's something just, um, god what's the term you use um rhythmically you know like mm-hmm. the, the the cadence of his voice yeah, in the oh, yeah, song yeah. is right along with that right along with that oh yeah those, and those he's a,
1: a master of cadence a master of it and then this song and then this chorus am i Love stick as a it, it, it it's as if it is the only virtue there is am i love sick uh lands huge i like, think there's a great chorus it elevates this song yes The kids don't get it.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, this is my least favorite song on the record. Sure, and I think it has no right to be my least favorite song on the record. I don't know why it is, but it it's it's fighting a fight that that I don't want to fight.
1: Yes, I feel like it's. I think it's an interesting song, but not my favorite. It's my least favorite on the album as well. Oh, but I like something about it. And I like – now, this is the first huge example of we're going to reuse some lyrics. Yeah. So the first line of this song is, you said, if I ask you a question, are you going to lie to me? I said, honey, is that your question? Because, honey, that one's easy. I love that. I love it. I love the ambiguity of it and the wondering of, like, because you assume the answer is no. But but with the confidence of the – because that one's easy is – the answer is yes.
0: Oh, this song's a swagger, like yeah. he's got it, it, And I
1: like that. It depends on my mood, what he's gonna say. Like, there's a you know, a Camarillo Brillo by Frank Zappa. No, nope. all right, it's a great song. And at the end of it, it's it's about him meeting this girl, and she's got like all this goes into her house, and it's like she's got the great stereo, but like weird, like like almost voodoo esque around, you know, and he's like intimidated by her, but romanced by her. And anyway, um, uh. And at the end of the song, he says, uh, in reference to her poncho, he he says, uh, is Is that a real poncho? I mean, is that a Mexican poncho or is that a Sears poncho? And then there's a beat, and then he goes hmm, no foolin', And I I love that because I'm like, sometimes it is a Mexican poncho to me and sometimes it's the Sears one because both of them could have a, hmm, no foolin'. Like, really, it's Sears, it looks great. Or, actually, Mexican, good for you. Um <laughs> and so I, great. I love that. I love that kind of thing where it's like, it really depends on how I want to feel about it that day, right? And this does that same thing yeah. to me. And I, it's great... Because, uh, yeah, that, it's good company to be in, because this thing from Gord doing that, the only other person I could think of who makes me feel that way about a line is Frank Zappa. So, right on, man. Pretty good company to yeah, be
0: pretty, in. Yeah,
1: pretty, pretty good. Um, And now, there's truths here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I feel like this, in this song, when using this line, I feel like a child is asking him. Okay. A truth about life, right? Yeah. Uh, and, but the kids don't get it just how much there is. And like, fucking, I understand that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Like 100% trying to comprehend, like what I think about now that, uh, that I find complicated or difficult as a human being or emotionally taxing is a, like night and day to how I felt when I was a teenager or younger, when I felt anxiety or stress or what I worried about, like it's an extremely different thing and trying to, 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 to bridge the gap there. Is enormous, and when you're a kid, you don't understand it. You don't understand how fast time's gonna fucking go, and how much you need to 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 tackle some things early, and how like you and but you can't, and that's part of it, and that's why it is what it is, and the kids don't get it, and that's exactly what it is, and that's fine. When you take this song on its face, that's what it is, and I agree. But should you have a rock song about that? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, (laughs) is it fun to listen to? I'm not sure. Um, and there's all this fun work in here Where we get like some great punchy bits When he's Whenever he delves into being an animal I qu- I quite like it <laughs> I'll uh, be the antlers yeah, And yeah. I'll be the elk Yeah <laughs> that's so I'll great I'll be the right but, whale but And I'll also- be parallel yeah, Right whales are very large whales Okay And now he's, he's not going to be the right whale he's Like I'll be the correct whale He's Right whale is a type of whale And they sw- they're in, when they're in their pods or whatever, Is that whales yeah, or pods? Probably, yeah They swim parallel Oh that's great and So that's cool <laughs> I don't know. I don't,
0: know. Yeah, I don't know why this song. I'm with the kids here. I, yeah, I don't get it.
1: Uh, but I love its existence because it gives you then, going right into the next song, Pretend. The first line of Pretend is, if I ask you a question, are you going to lie to me? Is that your question? Because that one's easy. And it's, it's, melodic, it's melodic. And it's slowed down. It's melancholy. Yeah, very. And this one is not coming from a child. No, I don't think so. No, this one's coming from your partner. Um, and there is and then the next line and this is also a, song, a line you're going to hear more than once on this mm-hmm. album. It's gripping the city and hitting the town, and no one on earth is doing this now. If you can pretend and I can pretend, pretending won't end and then when, well then. Mm-hmm now awesome now this goes back to something in, in view if in view is not about parents it's the better relationship where you deal with it's perfect but it isn't and it is so it's an imperfect balance all the time but in, in order to hold that and when you have to cope through the imperfect moments you pretend that it always is perfect if you can pretend then I can pretend and then we can get through this even though this isn't working right now you know what I mean yeah and that's what I hear in this That's, yeah, that's very uh, adult. Um, (laughs) Well, the kids don't get it, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, holy. Um, And gorgeous, this song is. Uh, And there's some very nice drum work. And a nice different time signature. Very good. Um, and that's when I hear here. This is a, a song that makes me sad, really, uh, big time. Th- this is a, this is a, this, a, so- this is a struggling relationship. We're into the slowdown
0: of yeah. this record, uh, yeah. and there are, there's a lot on this. Uh, the the melodies are so soaring and so so high that even even the highs like going back to you know in view and fly yeah. make me sad. Yeah. Like like I'm so happy that I find myself welling up. You sure. know, yeah, like it's. This is a messed up record. Yeah, I don't know.
1: There's a lot of complex emotion on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I mean, that's where I sit with this song.
0: Uh, I don't know that I can add anything, really. Okay.
1: Uh, and I, I love, I, I'm surprised this wasn't a single. Because um, I love wh- where this song builds. How beautiful and hooky the, uh, the, you can't pretend, yes, I can, yes, I can, and yes, I can. Man, is that fucking good. I did not listened to it for a week.
0: I wish I would have seen this record live. And those of you who got to see it live, you're spoiled. I'm going to have to go home and watch some YouTube yeah. of them doing this stuff live. Because I would love to hear the um, the rawness of his voice. Like, mm-hmm. again, he is really, like, he nails it. Yeah. But his vocal is very produced. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's, got a, a,
1: he's doubled himself up a whole bunch, particularly for that, yeah, you can't pretend, yes, I can
0: I know there's a lot of people that you know
1: get upset with the
0: idea of auto tune, but you know it's used and it's used a lot in the industry. Yeah, and like some variant of that uh, algorithm mm-hmm. is used in this song to keep him yeah, clean it up to keep him pitchy or sure. to keep him you Not know. And, and I would yeah. love to fucking hear. i want to hear this. this yeah, um, yeah.
1: Live on the floor would be great. Yeah. And then the most Smiths title ever for the Tragically <laughs> Last Night I Dreamed You Didn't Love Me. Totally sounds like a Smiths song. Doesn't sound like a Smiths song when you listen to it, but that title sure does. Um, the, I really like this song. Uh, I love how hooky it is. I love the little bizarre interlude, how we, we ease into this song with oh the off kilter, you kissed my fingers and you made me love you. Let's start. Curtain fell. Oh dear! What's happening? <laughs> uh, and then we get some nice punchy. We're talking about cadence again. You got a solid beat in here, and he is rolling his voice around that fucking tempo. It's gorgeous. Oh, um, epic chord changes in this song that
0: you can air guitar along to just beautifully. Uh, like again that that melody in this song it's mm-hmm. just he's so melodic i don't yeah. know i don't know where where he was keeping that stuff back in the day but
1: yeah. fuck me yeah. this is this is a hook machine this yeah thing. the verses are astoundingly interesting and this is another one where i mean trying to unpack what is going on here with all this imagery i'm lost <laughs> i wish i had something smarter to say to you but uh I No, I, I I, mean, I have the comprehension of, I mean, we've all had the dream, if you're married or in a deep relationship, you have that dream where your spouse is, hates you and it sucks. <laughs> the worst night. those nightmares are horrible. You're like, but why? Like, always and forever, you're garbage to me. It's <laughs> no good. So that there, that night, that the, the dream that someone doesn't love you is so just devastating. It is, and it'll fuck your day up afterwards, too, where you're like, that was horrible. I can't. I yeah, can't. I, to, I can't. I or, or even if it's your friends, whatever it is in your dream, like that—that that kind of shit is a bummer. Um, yeah, and like this, the 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 the, the meanness of the dream, non love, right? The uh, last night you left me derelict and disappeared for ages. You said, "Honey, save those tears for your show." Like, oh, that's so like such a like. Oh, yeah. So it was a cruel thing to say to somebody who is a performer, right?
0: The verse that I have under- underscored is, and it feels so of today that, mm-hmm. that if if he were still alive, I would love to be able to say like, like, man, you you, out of context, you hit the mark, and that's um, men were turning on their machines, mm-hmm. making everything mean, fires burned. Cold values clashed good and evil were all dry grass, no child ghost, no singing bird, no last laugh, no last word, and it just feels like, holy, are you talking about Twitter like are you talking about you know the united States Congress like yeah. like like are you talking about our own country right yeah. now, like what the shit, and you yeah. are like bang on,
1: yeah, God, you had a great song, yep. And we have that great chorus that's so hooky and these verses are just so hooky and then you have this outro again. Uh, they, I think it pops up earlier in the song too, but that you didn't love me, you didn't, why don't you love me like you used to? It hits so nicely. Oh my God, hooks, hooks, hooks for fucking days, buddy. That's right. Uh-oh, the drop-off. <laughs> Big fan of this tune too. This is a great fucking Barnburg. Yeah, I have a heavy song. I've written a,
0: down, is this up to here? Yeah, this gets <laughs> like, this
1: is a grimy, hard hitting song. This that's right. Riff. And Gord comes in muddy, aggressive on this tune. Um and I mean the high the high point the whole the whole song is fun and great and hooky and and feels like a little bit of a throwback. But these <laughs> Gord goes on these triplets. In here, these vocal run triplets that are so good, this little cadence he's on, that are such a highlight. They're so fun. They're so, it's swagger. It's cool to hear somebody throw out a vocal like that. Which you know, with first over, like, you know, over the drums. And then the second time the whole band stops and he goes on the ba 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 Fuck me. Like, fuck off. But that line, the fates are muck and spun, measured out, and the past is meant to please us. You're a comet from Earth in a Kiss Alive shirt saying, holy fuck, it's Jesus. Get out of town. What? Come on. Come on. Come
0: on. oh i miss that kiss alive Ooh, shirt lyric no, i I dude, totally miss it that's so, like, so great i, I God, guess i got dude. caught up in the holy fuck it's jesus yeah you know? i know
1: but yeah you're a comet from earth in a kiss alive shirt <laughs> saying holy fuck it's jesus mm. oh man you just <laughs> like they're just such
0: a cool band yeah. in a way that isn't traditionally cool yeah no. that when they say something that is like very obviously cool. Yeah. It this makes is a, it even this cooler. Is a, yeah, and that yeah. is like like a like a comedy I a yeah. live shirt.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a cool band. Great. Being cool. That's yeah. what the song is. And yeah. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Drop off. I, I speed when I listen to it. I always turn it up a little bit in the car. Sure. Cup. This is definitely yeah. This very is a nice. this
0: is a nice, beautiful throwback.
1: Uh family band. As a title, I guess I felt like I wasn't, uh, here's another uh, in my list of songs I thought I wasn't going to like based on the title. (laughs) (laughs) I've missed that feature. (laughs) Anyway, what's to get excited about in a song called Family Band? Um, But, oh man, do I love this song. I've got written down
0: that the guitar part off the top reminds me of the chunky part from Arcade Fire. Oh, sure. Oh, totally right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, from that, from that big record, funeral.
1: Yeah, um, which is two thousand five, six. Yeah, it's right it's around right, here. Right, it's right there. Yeah. Like,
0: and uh, but but the thing that I have written most is I just love the second gear of the song.
1: Oh yeah, the, the, but, the, the song gets huge. Yeah, it gets yeah huge,
0: and you have no idea that's where. No, no, think, no. You know, after that last song, how are we going to? how are we
1: going to take it up a notch yeah. and they they do and this song it sneaks up on you until you go this song is banging at the yeah. end. Like, oh my god we are big <laughs> we are really big yeah and these lyrics again this is almost just like i'm just listen i can write cool shit and here you go these opening lines of this i can smell a rat when it's a rat i can find, i can't find one in an elevator um I think because he's a, he's a poor exterminator. And the turn around being a not-bad exterminator. I love it, I love it, I love it. But the thing I love the most about this song is it's because I've played in bands, it's because I've idolized bands, and the idea of band romances me, and I and I have such a, a wonderful way of looking at it that it makes me so happy for myself. Um, but the whole thing, the song shifts gears that other time, and gets into the we'll load out through the snow oh, through God. small groups of people smoking hey get the kick drum loaded and the back street folded then the back seat folded down we'll go virtually unnoticed what's gripping the city ain't hitting the town and now we've revisited that line but in yep. a different kind of way and holy hell do i love that was gripping the city Ain't hitting the town. That's right. And what a wonderful way to express the divide between city and small town. That's, it's so, a great way to describe the divide in Ontario. Yeah. A great way to express the divide and how the hip were big here and not in the States. That's right. It's all, there's so much there. Yeah. You know, we'll go virtually unnoticed. Oh, man. That's yeah. Really
0: I something. think of, uh, I think of that alley beside um, Lee's Palace every time I hear that, oh. know, that that group of people smoking. <laughs> 100%.
1: That's great. <laughs> uh and crushing vocal for this part i yep. love his cadence i love how so he... good and and earlier in the song too one day i'll make some honest rock and roll full of hand claps and gang vocals maybe that's why bob rock got his kids in there like i guess he need a gang I gang. <laughs> have these children here they're ready to <laughs> and i'm gonna get all the children involved that's the next line <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we're gonna get lost all your... anyway um yeah how great is that? Yeah. I love this song. It, I feel like it's a great song about being in a band and being misunderstood in a band and those wonderful times when it is kind of good to be unnoticed. When They were the only band that could play stadiums and clubs at the same time yeah. for their whole career, but like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. You, you, no one gets this experience and no one gets to stay closer to their audience than a band that can do that, right? That's, it keeps them. It keeps them grounded, but keeps them close to you in a way that Stadium Acts like can't revert back to. But they'll never forget because they can be unnoticed, which is amazing. And I love this, this. is a great band song.
0: It's a great song. Period. It. it uh, you know, re- really, when we when we talk about the Tragically Hip on this show, oftentimes we talk about sequencing and we talk about, um, you know, how record X or record Y has the best three or four songs in a row or the best five. Or I think at one point I said, um, music at work was, you know, the best, uh, five songs or something. But, you know, when you get to, uh, when you get to this, when you get to world container, I, uh, this is like, maybe, maybe this is the best five songs to end a record ever, you know, as somebody who was like a skeptic of this record, you know, when you fire up the track, uh, you know, these tracks, it's it's staggering. And then World Container starts and it's like I'm back in high school gym class, you know, as a as a nerd and I'm getting snapped towel snapped at me by all the jocks. You know, it's that painful. It's that obvious that I missed the boat on this record. I fucking missed the boat because this song, this song is is perfect. Yeah, like it's yeah. perfect. Great. It's among the Great. best Great. of the hip songs of all time. I think. There's a world container
2: with your name on it ways to go berserk. When the country quits on you, it must be dinner. And the Himmler on the swan is there's no dessert. He's the one who couldn't imagine. All the people living life in You're smaller. The bad news is you can be smaller than that. Go sex and souls, be a reader, get used. Laugh at a funeral or two. Laugh and laugh till all the chameleons turn black. Laugh and laugh till you're told Man, uh,
1: yeah, back. I would agree. Um, and there's... Like the greatest of the greatest Tragically Hip songs. There's a lot happening in your library. We have more references. we got your Himmler in there. He uses
0: Himmler as a verb.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, the, on, uh,
0: the Himmler on this one <laughs> is There's No Dessert. No. <laughs> um,
1: no? Uh and then like maybe and I, I look at this and I feel like a little bit of what well, we were talking about and then being able to be uh, virtually unnoticed is the uh, good news, you get to vanish. Or go to Cleveland and be an indie smash. The good news is now you're smaller. The bad news is you can be smaller. <laughs> so and thin. that's how they get, I'm like, what is that? Is, that the, are we, uh, is it the body shaming we throw on ourselves and the, you can never find that perfect Looked at you, you know, like you're never gonna be thin enough or enough. I don't even know. There's too many things happening here. There is a lot, uh, but I love that. The bad news is you can be smaller than that. Um, the thing I think the most about this song uh, now, particularly listening to it, yep. Uh, when I listen to it, it does uh, break my heart. Where all songs are one song, and that song is "Don't Forget," which is actually a quite astute observation of music uh, but when I think about it that line in everything that's happened in the last couple of years is I, it's how I view their catalog you know uh, all songs are one song don't forget and what we don't forget is how lucky we were to have this happen as music listeners as Canadians uh, huge to not ever forget the gift of uh these nice gentlemen from Kingston uh, and what we had in Gord lyrically uh, as a entertainer as someone who was hilarious and touching and thoughtful and much and approached fame and songwriting and rock stardom about as differently as you could um, and so all of these songs are one song and that song is definitely Don't Forget for Me uh, and it yeah it chokes me up every time I listen to it but I love listening to it and I guess that's the point.
0: Oh, you are killing me. Uh, I'm basically moved to tears right now listening to you talk that way. And, you know, the context of um, that day in October has really, you know, given this song a new meaning. All that, All that being said, though, you know, I come back to, um, you know, this is contextual as well, of course, because, you know, I've got Gord Downey being premonitient, you know, or is that the word premonition? Like he's just so on top of where we, you know, back then he's so on top of where we are right now. And I, I just can't, I can't get past all this, you know, nationalism, you know, and, um, it's funny because, that's how the band was being positioned as big nationalists mm-hmm. and you know uh mm-hmm. huge canadians and mm-hmm. you know again hockey night can and tim hortons and you know and the like and i think you know the central theme of this song and maybe this record is that you know maybe nationalism isn't a great thing always yeah and um and and maybe having a Himmler line isn't and there isn't a mistake. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Um there's there's just something to the lyrics, you know, that 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 says that to me. Because the, the part that comes before the we're all songs and one song and that song is Don't Forget, is what we have here are all flaws in progress. Yeah. And um And what, you know, what the fuck? What the fuck does that mean? You know, uh, are we progressing wrong? Is this, is this, is this pointed nationalism? You know, you could argue right now, um, you know, it's being used against, you know, certain, a certain cohort. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, but then there's, you know, there's other tracks on this record that, you know, talks about, you know, more literal progress. You know, with with machines that are being created for evil and you know, that kind of thing. And and then this is something that I think that he explores a little bit more in Man Machine Poem. You know, it, it's it's all it's all there. I can't connect the dots though. I can't make it oh man, there's I, I I can't quite articulate it, but no, you're but, but certainly it.
1: this is what this song is about.
0: Yeah. There's there's he he's 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 got his thumb on the pulse, so he can see what's you know what's getting ready to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean that in like a, a supernatural kind of way. I just mean no, no. you know he's a he's a clever guy, and um, it was there for us to see. We're gonna we're gonna read books in the future, you know, and or <laughs> if you listen to Pillform, uh, Battle of the Nudes, may, maybe not, but all the writings on the wall of where we are. So, but I like your version so much
1: more. Well, just what it's become to be in there. Yeah, in now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um final diagnosis. Hey man, that's a good record. That's a good record. Yeah, that's you it. might not agree with the production, but you can't get around how good the fucking songs are. No,
0: it's a nice way to spend 45 minutes for yeah, for sure. Nice. You can you can you can do a lot it's worse.
1: 42 minutes and change,
0: even in this even yeah. in, with this band's catalog like Yeah. I would take this over a, a few of the records we've listened to up until this point, for yep. sure.
1: This is up there for me.
0: Um, what are you taking as a as a song that you'd uh, oh,
1: fart. put in your back pocket? <sighs> no, right? So we have to do that, don't we? We I do. I forgot. I forgot. I'm not ready. Yes, I am. You're not the ocean. Oh, very cool. Okay. I, I just went without thinking, and I, it's that. I love that song. Yeah, I, it's, that song.
0: I think something that should be said is on – the anniversary of Gord's passing. Um, Greg and I were going to do a guest spot on a local podcast, and we each put a list of songs together. And mine was heavily front-loaded, mm-hmm. just based on you know my exposure to the band. Right. Yours was much more um, representative. And that was one of the songs you chose okay. for your list. Right, you honest you honest. know, you chose ten songs, <laughs> and that was one of the songs you chose. So I clearly, it. it's a it's
1: yeah, a it really strikes a chord in me. Yeah, yeah,
0: big. Well, for me, I have to go. You're going with the start of the record. I'm going to go with the finish of the that's record and, and say it's one wonderful. container for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's again, I, I don't know how many last songs on the record i have on my list at this point but it's a lot yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> jesus they Christ. end well they're good they, at that they really do end well yeah. and you know that little breadcrumb trail where are they going next there's yeah. a gorgeous piano line in this song are we gonna we're we gonna slow it down next uh, yeah. i don't know they're working with bob rock again yeah um what? so what's coming after this mm-hmm. we will wait and see and until we meet you next Pick up your shit. Pick up your shit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Season 2. Yeah.
1: More shit to pick up.
0: Fully and Completely is a modern superior podcast proudly sponsored by Long Slice Brewery. To rate, review, or subscribe to the show, visit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or anywhere else you get podcasts. For more information about the show, our guests, or Jamie and Greg, please visit www. Fully To join our Facebook group, visit Facebook and search for Fully Incompletely.
1: This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network.